Welcome to the Destiny Church 217 podcast, where we share the sermon of the week from Destiny Church. After the message, check out the show notes for links and more information on how to get connected with Destiny. Let's get into the message. Well, we're in a great series right now um, on the Christmas miracle. And uh, when I was uh, in high school growing up, I didn't know any deaf people, and um, we've been talking about the miracle methods last week. Today we're talking about um, the message, and then I went to Bible school. Um, My undergraduate was at North Central in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and they actually had a degree in deaf ministry. So deaf people everywhere, and to watch them speak to one another is quite an amazing thing to see. Um, and I really enjoyed that. I got, and I learned a few things just by watching because back in the day they would uh, have interpretation for the deaf in the service live and you could, you could kind of watch and you could pick some things up. How, you know, what about the sign for Jesus and so on and so forth. So that was really interesting to me. But I was there for other purposes. But then uh, my very first pastorate, uh, there was a young deaf girl in that church and her name was Amy. Amy was just a a delightful young lady. She was probably late grade school, junior high when when I arrived. And uh, you could tell she really, really loved the Lord. But this was in a town of 4,200 people. I don't think there was another deaf person in the whole city. And so she was a very lonely person. And so I befriended her. She would come over to the church and we would have conversations. And the way that we had conversations is we would write longhand to each other. And she would write to me, then I'd spin it around, she would write to me, her, by, by, and it was a very, very lengthy process. And uh, her mom uh, learned sign language, obviously, because they had a deaf, deaf daughter, so it was interesting to see them talk together, they were very good at that. The dad, however, was not as proficient as as mom was at signing. So subsequently, the young lady talked to mom more than talked to dad. Uh, dad knew the alphabet, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. And so I learned the alphabet, and which is a little bit faster, but at the end of the day, you're still spelling every single word. You have to spell Jesus rather than just Jesus. But we had a great, uh, we had a, uh, I really enjoyed Amy. I think she was a sweetheart of a gal. She went on to ministry school and uh, was in the ministry. And uh, just absolutely stone cold deaf, couldn't hear a thing. In a spiritual sense, when sin entered the world, we became deaf. We became deaf to the word of the Lord to his personal voice. We couldn't hear him anymore. God's been trying to talk with us. He's been trying to communicate with us, message us, if you will, but we couldn't hear. And so rather than give up on us, rather than say, listen, I just can't have a conversation with you, he sent the patriarchs. He sent the prophets, patriarchs and prophets. And uh, he kept trying and trying in various ways to get our attention and to speak with us. And he loved us so much that he actually decided to reveal himself to us. But in a way that we could easily understand, he came in the flesh to us to talk with us in a language, in humanity, like we could understand. 
That's the miracle of Christmas, mind-blowing, the message that he brings us. And so as I thought about that in our series today, I was reminded, and this may date me somewhat, although it predates me, you might remember the miracle on uh, 34th Street. There's a little clip in the movie about a deaf girl. The deaf girl comes to the Macy's or wherever to see Santa Claus, and she's deaf. And Santa Claus does something really surprising like God did for you and me. He actually spoke her language. So I'd like you to just reminisce with me to have a little movie clip from the Miracle on 34th Street this morning. How are you? Uh, Come. She's deaf. You don't have to talk to her. She just wanted to see you. It is to ride on a one-horse open sleigh. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Darling, what would you like for Christmas? A doll and a bear? Well, you shall have them. Sammy, I wish you a merry Christmas. the only true solution to our deafness is that God speaks our language. He wanted to use a method that was foolproof, not left to interpretation. And so he chose to speak our language. He he chose to speak human. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. So why did he send his son? to communicate his message in a way that we can understand. It's the mind-blowing message of the miracle of Christmas. I, uh, I know it's not going to be good for television, so I'm going to come down here in the darkness. And Those of you that are watching online, I'm sorry. Those of you that are watching my television are sorry. Aaron, I for- ask for your forgiveness. <laughs> but sometimes I like to get close to you. And I think about, well, I look at Miles and Sarah, I think of Angie and Chad, Chris and Deb, I mean, married couples, David and Tommy, that, that my wife and I, so Chad, you're, 
your, your, your wife is away from you. Come here, come here, come here, Angie. Entertain me just for a second. Come over here just for a second. Go over here, would you? Sure. Go right there. All right, just a second. All right. So we have this conversation. She says, oh, I love Shad so much. Okay, just stay right there. So I come over and I say, hey, Shad, your wife tells me she loves you a whole lot. He likes that. He appreciates that. That's wonderful. Maybe I go over here and, oh, hi, Angie. How are you? Take a snapshot, hand, her a, hand you a picture. Maybe she writes a love letter to you. That's all well and good. But if I say, wait a second, just a second, I have somebody for you. And Angie comes out. Oh, that's a whole other story now, right? It's like, wait a second. What she said was good. Her letter she wrote was good. The photo was good. But this is much better, right? This is what, thanks, Angie. This is what Jesus did for you and me. He had patriarchs and prophets. They went behind this. Because in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit spoke to certain people at certain times for certain things. It had not been poured out on all flesh. That's how it worked in the Old Testament. Same thing. When God spoke, how did God speak? God spoke to certain people for certain times for certain purposes. Prophets, the patriarchs. So they would go behind the veil. They would get a word from the Lord. They'd bring out whatever they could that would show you and demonstrate to you what was going on behind the curtain. But it wasn't until Jesus came that the curtain tore open. It says, now I'm with you. I'm here. I'm going to actually be able to touch you and demonstrate to you and speak human to you, which is much better than a picture or a letter. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says that God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What does that mean? That means not only did he say, not only did he speak human, he lived human. He demonstrated, it says that he demonstrated his love for us while we were still cussing him out and turning our back on him. See, God still speaks today, and I'm thankful that he spoke and still speaks through the patriarchs. I'm thankful that he speaks through the prophets. Abraham, I mean, Moses wrote the entire Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. David wrote the majority of Psalms. Solomon, Hosea, the major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, the minor prophets, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Back, Zephaniah, Haggai, the list goes on all the way to Malachi, whose very name means I'm the messenger. And the end of the Old Testament says he will restore the hearts of the father to their children and the hearts of the children to their father. Even in the most brightest sense, in general, God continues and has always spoken to us. In fact, in Psalm 19, verse 1, it says, the heavens declare the glory of God. So I'm not talking about prophets and patriarchs. I'm talking about if you go outside and you see the Rocky Mountains and you see the rivers and you see the, the vast plains and you see the beautiful sky, that's God talking. 
I'm not making it up. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth with speech. What do? The mountains, the hills, the streams. They pour forth with speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. In Mongolia, in Japan, in Thailand, in the lost tribes of Africa, there is nowhere that his voice is not heard. Which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion. The writer of a Hebrew writes... Plain and simple, chapter one, in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But that's, that's the dividing line between the Old and New Testament, that right there. But in these days, in these last days, he's actually come here and spoken to us. How did he do that? He did it by his son. God came here. To speak human to us, not prophets, not patriarchs, to speak to you and to me. Wow. And Jesus himself testifies that the Father sent him in John 17. He loves you. May uh, they be brought, this is Jesus praying, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and you loved them. I love nature, yes. God can paint quite the sunrise, can he? I love the Old Testament, yep. The Lord spoke through the prophets, through the patriarchs to us. But to have Emmanuel, to have him come through the curtain and say, here I am, I'm I'm here for you now. Yes, I love the mountains. I love the patriarchs and the prophets, But ladies and gentlemen of the jury this morning, Emmanuel, God with us. I have here a picture of my lovely wife. Many many years ago, there you are, dear. (laughs) This is a picture of my lovely wife from 1980s. Something, a long time ago. And uh, I actually have this on my wall upstairs by my office. And I always have, have another little picture of her on the back here. And sometimes I just go to this wall of photos and I just, I just look at her. And she's beautiful. I'm so blessed. Say she wrote me a letter. My dearest Eric... From the moment I met you, I knew you were the one for me. Your kind heart, your gentle spirit have captured my heart, and I cannot imagine spending a single day without you by my side. I'm so grateful to have you in my life, and I cherish every moment that we have together. You bring joy and happiness into my world, and I'm so blessed to have you in my life. I know that we're still young and that our lives are just beginning, but I can't help but dream of a future with you by my side. I see you growing, I see us growing older together, creating a life filled with love and happiness. I hope that one day you will marry me because I cannot imagine spending my life without anyone else. You are my everything. I love you more than words can express. I will always be there for you, supporting and loving you through life's ups and downs. You are my forever. 
I cannot wait to see what our future holds for us with all my love. She didn't write that, but that's something that she, <laughs> something she could have said. It's something she could have said. Now, 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 if she would have written that, would I take this? Would I take this? Would I rather spend time with her? I'd rather have her be with me. Yes, this is good. I'm not discounting patriarchs and prophets. Please hear me clearly. I'm not telling you to get rid of your Old Testament. I'm telling you, given the choice between Emmanuel or somebody going behind the curtain to tell me about Emmanuel, I want to be with the one who's willing to die for me. Do you understand? Do you understand? This is the mind-blowing message of Christmas. Every other religion says God is over there. Christianity says God is right here with us right now. And if, if we want to protect ourselves past Christmas and after, the, after Easter, he goes away, but then he says, I'm sending someone even greater, the Holy Spirit, and he'll always be with you. So you're going to have power to do all the things that you need to be able to do. I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll be with you even to the end of this age. I'll be with you, Emmanuel. I'll be with you. Yes, I love the photos I have. Yes, I love the letters. I didn't save any of the original ones. I wish I would have. Um, that's a good one, though. You should sign that one. <laughs> we'll, we'll, just, we'll just predate it. That's what we'll do. So let me remind you of Isaiah 7:14. The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will give birth to a child and will give birth to a son, and his name will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Mind-blowing. Just mind-blowing. The Lord says, I've drawn you some majestic mountains and sunrises. That's the nature. I've sent messengers on ahead of you. That's patriarchs and prophets, but now I have come to be with you. Emmanuel. I was thinking the other morning of the song that Adele made popular a few years ago where she goes, hello. You know, remember that song? Anybody? First line. I was wondering after all these years, maybe you'd like to meet I'm thinking, that sounds like the opening line of a good Christian song, a good Christmas Easter song. Hello, after all these years, would you like to meet? Hello, yes, yes. Now, if you've experienced a religion where Jesus is behind the curtain and other people have to tell you about him and all your experiences are secondhand or thirdhand, let me tell you, you have the opportunity to meet Emmanuel. His name is God with us. He can actually walk with you and talk with you along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, he lives within my heart. And he can live with you. It makes all the difference at Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. He came to die. It's hard to grasp. The disciples had difficulty getting their mind around it. In fact, in John chapter 14, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that'll be enough for us. Gotta love that. Jesus said in verse 9, uh, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Here it is, underline it. Anyone who has seen me has what? Seen the Father, God with us. Christmas, 
Christmas time. I'm not anti St. Nicholas. I'm not anti reindeer. I'm not anti Christmas trees. I'm not anti colored lights, poinsettias, or presents. I find most of my time better to be pro something than anti. Anybody can be a critic. So I'm pro. I'm pro Jesus. I'm, I mean, I like poinsettias. I like presents. Although I despise Elf on a Shelf, but that's another personal issue that I have um, with him. But after all of that, we've got to remember that there is such a thing as the best present. It is his presence. The greatest gift ever given is himself. Do you want to know what Jesus is like? Well, the sun is the radiance of God's glory, according to Hebrews 1.3, and the exact representation of his being. In fact, in the Greek language, it actually means it's like he's an engraving. He's an exact replica of who God is. You want to know if God controls the weather? Well, look at Jesus calm the storm on the sea. If you want to know if God is stronger than demonic powers, watch demons fall at Jesus' feet and beg to be cast into pigs. You want to know if God really says it takes what it takes to get to heaven? Well, then listen to Jesus say in John 3, you must be born again. So you want to know what God thinks about marriage? Well, listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 19. Haven't you read, he replied, that the beginning of the creator, man made male and female? Can I, I have to make a comment here. The God made male and female. That's a binary choice. I know, that's heretical in some circles. (laughs) You have to be one or the other. You are one or the other. You are male or female. It's binary. Ones and zeros. That's it. That's all you have. Well, I, I feel like I'm a whatever. Well, okay, you can feel whatever you want. That's fine, but don't make me complicit with your delusion. Right? I'm not going to play along. Just not going to. And if, listen, you want to get mad at me, you write, write letters, feel free. Ryan Schaefer, in care of Destiny Church, <laughs> 1425. We'll be more than happy to answer the letters. But <clears throat> let me just say this. Let me just put an end to this. And you can certainly use this as... as your own, file this away for your own piece of information. When you die, whether you're a male or a female, or whatever it is, you think you're a cat, whatever, when you die, archaeologists someday may dig you up a couple hundred years from now. And they're only going to have two choices. They're going to say, this was a man or this was a woman, based on your DNA. They're going to say, this is who you were. Okay, let's go back to the text. Matthew 19 says, you want to know what God thinks about marriage? Matthew 19. Let me also say this, because as long as I'm, as long as I'm running down the bunny trail, just because the government or Congress or Senate or the president say, this is what the new black is, this is what the new orange is, this is what the new definition of marriage is, well, I'm going to give you my most sanctified fooey on you. Fooey on you. That's just not the way that it is, right? God defines marriage... God defines male and female. And I'm not saying that because I'm vindictive. I, you know, it's the nail that sticks up that gets hit, right? And, and you just have to be able to say the truth in love. You're either a male or a female. What about the point zero 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 one percent of chance of what I, listen, we'll deal with that. 
right? But we're not going to govern by a point zero 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 one percent chance of whatever, all right? Well, if, if, listen, I love you. This is why I'm telling you the truth. God created male and female. This is what he thinks about marriage. Um, and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, right? Adam and Eve, man and wife, not man and man, not women and women, man and woman. That's what marriage is. Okay, I'll tell you this. This was anticipated several years ago, and in part because of Pastor Steve Nordyke, who some of you know. He says, you know what's coming down the pike is they're going to legalize, they're going to sanction, they're going to codify uh, um, gay marriage, and they're going to make that a federal thing. It's going to make it an institution. Where they're going to change it. I said, yeah, I see that coming too. He goes, now watch this. Now let me explain this to you. You're going to have to follow along. You have to be a little pastoral with me for a second. When a minister does a marriage, they are acting as dual agent. They are an agent of the church performing a religious ceremony, and they are an agent of the state performing, performing a civic ceremony, a civic uh, duty. And the church in America, because of the closeness in the past, has allowed ministers to be an agent of the state in that moment. Are you with me? How do we know this? Well, because at the end of the ceremony, the minister typically will say, by the power vested in me by the gospel of Jesus Christ, as a minister of the Lord and the gospel of Jesus Christ, and by the powers vested in me by the state of Illinois, I now pronounce you man and wife, husband and wife, and whatever. So at that moment, the minister becomes a dual agent. They're an agent of heaven and they're an agent of the government. And so myself and the staff here, we no longer have chosen to be agents of the government. And here's why. Because in the past, if you say, okay, you're an agent of the government in that moment, but now the government sanctions homosexual marriage, and now you refuse someone, you refuse to marry someone based on the fact that they are homosexual and you refuse to marry a man and yes I do, I, I refuse to do that well here's the thing you know, you receive the tax benefit of, of giving receipts and you don't pay sales tax on the things that you buy at Menards and Walmart so we're going to revoke that because you're not doing, you're not willing to do the things that we say that you need to do so the, the end around that we have is that from here forth and forevermore, we are no longer agents of the government. Which means then, if they come to us and say, well, how come you're not going to marry these two people because they're asking to be married? And you're saying, well, because we don't marry gay people. Well, they'll say to you, well, you married all these other people in the name of Illinois. So you're discriminating. So what we've chosen to do is from now on, strictly do religious ceremonies. We're only gonna be one agent and we're gonna be an agent of heaven. Now, if the marriage, if you choose, this is really down in the weeds, but it's really important to be said. If, if you choose to have your marriage sanctioned by the state because of the benefits that you get, married, filing joint, whatever, social security, whatever, that's fine, that's fine. I'm just not going to stand in a church and use language that the state has redefined. This is, 
very personal to me. So I'm not going to be an agent of the state. So a young couple in this church says, hey, Eric, would you marry me? I said, absolutely, I'll marry you. I would suggest if you want your marriage sanctioned by the state, you go down and make an appointment with the judge. It'll take 10 minutes, and they'll, you can have a contract. I do covenants, not contracts. Right? So, so I don't have a problem with that. You go on down. You can do it before. You can do it after. But if you want to have a religious ceremony in the church, I'm only going to be an agent of heaven, not an agent of the United States of America. So you're going to see this, and this is maybe something you've never even thought about. It's something that I've labored over, and these are the decisions that we've made. So if you hear things like this in the future, you'll know what it's all about. So, so um, yeah, for that reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. Back to, meanwhile, back to Christmas. <laughs> is that okay? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. All right, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. You want to know if God really forgives you? I don't know if God can forgive me. Well, then look at Jesus. Tell the woman caught in adultery, neither do I condemn you. See? That's the mind-blowing thing of Christmas. If you truly want to know God, just look at Jesus. Colossians in the Message Bible says, everything of God gets expressed in him. Who's him? Jesus. Everything of God gets expressed in Jesus. So you can see and hear who? Him, God, clearly. You want to see and hear God? Look at Jesus. Jesus came and spoke human to us. So you can clearly see what was going on behind the curtain. Colossians 2, continuing in the message, I love it. It says, you do not need a telescope, microscope, or a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without him. When you come to him, that fullness comes together for you too. His power extends over everything. Every other religion says God is over there. Jesus says, I'm right here, God in the flesh. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He's here for you right now. He loves you. In the past, you couldn't hear. In the past, you couldn't hear. You needed someone to come and tell you what he was saying. But he sent a sign, didn't he? Here's the play on words, sign language. God's into sign language. He said this in Luke, remember? This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. Now, I don't generally ask you all to write something down, but this is well worth it. It's going to be an image that I pray is burned into your brain for the rest of your life as it relates to Jesus and his sign. God has a sign for you. Go ahead, Rose, show him the sign. There's your sign. There's your sign. Write it down. Matthew 1, 23. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The Christmas miracle message is that God wants to be with you, personally to be with you, through Jesus, the exact representation to show himself real, to love you, to show the way, to personally preach the truth. Not the patriarchs, not the prophets. And then to give you an abundant life. 
This is the time of year we think about miracles. And I don't know what you need. And I'm not talking about a new pair of socks or a new car. But your heart's need. Because something inside of you is broken and needs repair. The way that you think, the way that you act, the desires that you have, the thoughts that you'd be embarrassed if we were able to put them on the screen behind me. If we were to show the actions of your life for the last week, all of us, we're broken and we need a savior, right? So, so what miracle, whatever, listen, this is, this is the Christmas miracle. The message is this. He came to help you, to preach and to show you that no matter what it is that you need, he's bigger than your, my need. I'll speak for my need is dwarfed in comparison to what he did through the Christmas miracle. He came from heaven to earth. He chose to step out. I don't understand how this all went down, but God says, I'm gonna go to earth. Jesus is going to earth and he is in eternity where there is no time. And he, 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 he grabs the edges of the curtain and somehow he steps out of eternity and he steps into time as a baby in a manger to speak human to you. Presented himself to a very unqualified young teenage girl. That was the method, that's from last week. That he takes ordinary people to demonstrate his miracle working power. So whatever it is that you're needing, man, I really need those finances. I really need that. I need this taken care of. Listen, what he did in this miracle message is dwarfed. Your, you, your situation, my situation is like, if you can lift, if someone can lift 700 pounds and you present them five pounds, don't you think they could lift the five pounds knowing that they could lift the 700? Of course, God has lifted the weight of the world. He carries the weight of the world. He can certainly carry what burden, what heartache, what desire, what miracle you need. And I look out and I see some of the miracles you need. Medical miracles, lawyer miracles, money miracles, Marriage miracles. I'm trying not to make eye contact with anyone in particular when I say those types of things. Right? 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 But they're real. Relational miracles. He is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power. It's Ephesians 3.20. If you don't know that one, write that one down. He can do it according to his power. Aren't you glad when you say, hey, pastor, would you pray for me that you're not, you're not banking on Eric's power? Come on. Well, if they will pray for me, if they'll pray, no, you go pray. That's the power. He came to you. He didn't come to me so I could tell you, you go find out for yourself. He wants to be with you. And that may just scare the spit right out of you. That's okay, because he is holy. He is holy. So get yourself right. Well, I can't be good enough. Right, so what you do is you say, I accept what you did for me. You came to die for me, and I accept that. And you know what? He becomes your friend. He is the friend of sinners. He's here now, who is able to do immeasurably more than you can imagine. I'll, I'll tell you one other thing real quick, and then I gotta let you go. About that. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because this is just, this is important for us. 
He can do more than you can think or imagine. So what you have to remember is when you have a need in your life, oh God, I need $12. Oh God, give me $12, I really need $12. How selfish, you're only asking to fill your need. He can do more than that. God, take this need that I have, give me more than that, and I, and I will give it away. I'll bless other people. You know how fast you're gonna get your $12 if you come to him with a heart to give away anything over that that he gives? Oh, listen, you've gotta learn this. This is how God works, ladies and gentlemen. When you ask just for those things, that's a very selfish prayer in many ways. God, I just really need this. He understands that, but how about you begin to say, and if you give me more than what I need, I'll begin to give it away. I'll tell you what, you'll be blessed. You'll be blessed. That's, that's from the Holy Spirit this morning for some of you here. I've been man, I'm really needing, I'm really needing. Stop, stop, stop. Just hold, hold it up for a second. I want to be so blessed, not because I want to have a private jet and live on an island in the middle of the Caribbean, though both of those things would be okay with me should the Lord decide to bless me. I'm just kidding. No, I take the island. But, but I, I, I want to prosper my needs, you take your needs before the, the little boy gave a sack lunch, a couple fish and loaves. What did he end up with at the end of the day? Do you think those disciples took the 12, it said there was 12 baskets left over after they collected it all up. You know the story? Yeah. It says at the end of the lunch, the little boy who had given his fish and loaves right there in front of them all were 12 baskets left over. Oh, well, one, of the, one is for each of the disciples. I don't think so. I think the disciples helped the little boy carry the 12 baskets back to his house. And mom was like, son, what did you do with your lunch? Why are these men here with us? Why are, they, why are we having all this commotion? Well, mom, I just gave my, I gave what I had to Jesus. I gave what I had to Jesus and look what I got in return. See, that's how it works. That's how it works. That's the miracle message. He's come to be with you. And whatever miracle that you need, it's, it pales in size compared to what he did when he came through that curtain to present himself to you and for me. Merry Christmas. God with you. God with you. Thank God for patriarchs and prophets. But I'm thankful that he is Emmanuel. Amen? Amen. Why don't you stand with me this morning? I'll come up here. Cheryl said she's got something to say. I got something to say um, when in the opening, and um, I got, I'm got going to turn it into a prayer for all of you for this Christmas, but at the opening, you know, when the communication of the sign, I thought, you know what we need to be is really good communicators of the gospel. We are human to human, and are we communicating the love of God, the spiritual love? I mean, it's all, we make it complicated, but it really can be easy. So that's going to be my prayers that become really good communicators because there's so much misunderstanding these days in life and with people so that, so that we're good communicators of his love. And I thought of a story that I'm going to tell you that maybe will help you remember this week. 
you're going to find something, a connection with somebody. Find something that you agree on and um, be friendly. And uh, we don't have to always disagree, bring up the things how we disagree. But what do we agree on? We agree on the important things. And that's why we're all together. So as you know, I'm a nurse and I'm working with a patient. And I always try to find a connection or talk with them. And I'd be nervous if I was sitting in that chair also. And I'm, I've been only doing this for 22 years. So I'm pretty friendly. And I usually can make people feel pretty comfortable. And this man and wife, they were sitting there. And of course, they have a hat on and, and a mask. And I'm talking to them, and I'm finishing them up, and I start speaking in Spanish, just a little bit of travel Spanish, you know, like uh, Guatemala. Because they look Spanish. Because they look Spanish to me. And so we're talking, and they get all done, and I'm like, finito, you know, I'm going on, and they're like, oh, you speak Spanish? And I'm like, oh, piquito, you know, very little. They go, oh, we're from the Philippines. We don't speak Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I got one more for you. Okay, so never assume you know who people are or their relationship or what's going on. I've got you because, yeah, don't assume. Ask people questions and find out about them. I got this another patient and this young man's with her and um, we're talking and um, she had to do something. He was, oh, she'll be a minute. She just, you know, puts around. It'll take her a while. I'm like, oh, I said, you take care of your mom? He goes, no, my girlfriend. I said, you and your girlfriend live with your mom and take care of her? He goes, no, I am her. She, that is my girlfriend. I assumed it was her son. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was like, I, uh, I think I hear, I think I got to go get this patient over here. <laughs> I'm like, that's so cool. You and your girlfriend live with your mom. No, that is my girlfriend. I'm like, okay. So don't assume this week. Ask questions about people. People love to talk about themselves, so just ask them questions. So anyway, we are all human. We all make mistakes. You brush it off. Oh, I'm so sorry. And you walk away. But um, we're going to be really good communicators this week, human to human, in the spirit realm of God's love. Lots of parties, lots of opportunities. Lots lots of opportunities, families, communities. don't have misunderstandings. Let me, Communicate. Let me let me say it like this. It's not original with me. It's it's a managerial technique. It's a communications. Seek first to understand, and then to be understood. Yes. That means. Yes. Listen, and then find a way that you can make a Jesus connection with yeah. him. Find what you can agree on. Amen. The important things. Thank you, Jesus. I just pray for each person here Thank and their you, family Lord. represented. Take God, the hand of your loved We would be morning. good communicators, take, God. Yes, Lord. Speaking in love, eye contact, yes, understanding, you, learning Father. what the other person's going through. I just thank you and praise you, Jesus. And I uh, just pray this Christmas season would keep our vision high and lifted up. Keep the main thing the main thing, God, and the rest is peripheral. May we just show your love and that you came down to communicate with us. And may we take that personal. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Merry Christmas. As we conclude this podcast, we want to take a moment to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please consider subscribing to receive our weekly podcast on your device. Check out the show notes for links to our website, more information about this message, or to support our ministry. You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, your place for real, relevant relationships.